0: My first time
1: at the rodeo. All right, everyone. You are listening to Cosmic Peach Podcast. I'm Julia, of course. And tonight we have Mikey J from KGUP Presents. And he is so awesome. And I went on his show, and it's like he said, we became fast. probably because Sagittarians are just magical and that's all there is to it. (laughs) But Mikey, how are you?
0: I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be on your show. And I mean, I've been listening to you for, I don't know, I think it's been two weeks now and I've just been nonstop listening to your show. I actually knocked out what, 32 episodes in a matter of like a week and a half. Oh God, that's so
1: unbelievable. That is so (laughs) unbelievable. And thank you. First off, for (laughs) listening to my voice over and over and over again, because I know that can get, you know, trying. But I do want to ask you Sure. The Flat Earth thing is something that I have never covered on my show. So this is awesome because it's exclusive to your episode and to you. Mm -hmm. And who better? then Mikey J to do a crash course for us on flat earth. So how do you feel about that?
0: You know, that it's such a long, long story because I I was, I was, I was very conflicted for a very long time because it, I, I've always been a space junkie since I was like a small child. I loved star Wars. I loved every single science fiction there ever was. Even when I was like, in, in high school I wrote a book about my fantasies of being, you know, like in space and like this commander and, you know, all this stuff just living, like, living the life of like Luke Skywalker, but it was me, you know, and and so when I was teaching high school, or not uh, eighth grade, uh, we showed a video by Vsauce and, and you know, he, he was explaining how the trajectory of the sun and like you know, the, the sun is spin, flying through infinite space at 1.3 million miles an hour. And we're and uh, the solar system is spinning around the sun at, you know, 500,000 miles in the Milky way. And then we're flying around the sun at, at 63, 66,000 miles an hour. And then, uh, we're spinning at a thousand miles an hour And I was just thinking to myself, none of this really empirically can be measured or uh, verified because we can't Mm -hmm. go out in the space. You know, we're told that we have two Voyager satellites that were launched in 1977. And I'm like, you know what, there's no freaking way a camera would be able to send back information or send a photo, definitely not a photo. And what they tell us is that NASA will receive data from any any of these these uh, machines or cameras or whatever, and then we interpret it and then put piece it all together to create an image. Um, and then in fact, uh, the University of Ohio, they own a satellite, and they can't, you know, it just orbits Earth. It's not that far out. And they're not able to just, you know, turn it on and view the Earth. And what they what, ha, what has to happen is that NASA has to interpret the data and then about two or three weeks later, then they get the images of what they requested. So not at any time can they just look through the cameras. So it's like if the cameras are just facing downward on Earth, you know, if it's 250 miles outward it should be no problem to, to view this, this information, but no, they have to go through this whole process. And, Mm -hmm. and it's like, Oh, that's very fishy and suspicious. Why, you know, why? And then, you know, a few years back, I think it was 2014 or so when Tesla launched their, the, the, the roadster out into space. And then they had this like whole image of like an, like a fake astronaut sitting in the, in the vehicle and the car just kind of, like, panning to to the left, and, you know, we're seeing the mm. earth and then the curvature and then, like, the sun, or the, the, yeah, the sun. And they never promoted it. They just, like, showed it the one time, and then it was like the story just completely went away because all these things about the car itself, you know, if if it's, you know, deep space is, is a vacuum it like... Uh, 10 to the negative seventeen tor I mean it's impossible for anything to hold its integrity so like tires any kind of plastic anything that that isn't vacuum sealed shut to that to the same specification of space it's just gonna implode on itself and blow up and and so stuff like that I've kind of like debunked and like you can, you can't do that in, in real life you know that they they have a, a, a a uh, vacuum facility in ohio as well I, I wanted to go out there and actually see it for myself, but they just they just weren't open for visitation and um i i because I wanted to see the whole plant for myself because they 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 can't even get close to what space um the 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 vacuum system that they claim is out in outer space. But yet, you know, the astronauts are out there all the time and, you know, they, they do these spacewalks and nothing ever happens. It just, you know, it's ridiculous. Like like I used to have my students watch the, the ISS 24-hour feed and, you know, during uh, work time, they would do like their work and like study or whatever. And I would have it in the background because they would play like this, like really mellow, like, you know uh, – Mozart type of music. And so it was relaxing to watch and listen to. And even my students like noticed, like, hey, uh, Mr. Mikey, I thought this was live. And I go, yeah, it's live. They're like, well, we just saw the same clip. So these astronauts would just kind of like take their hooks and just transfer from hook to hook to hook, never doing anything scientific or anything repairing or replacing anything. And they, they and it's like, and you can hear of uh, sounds of what sounds like they're in water. And that was another like revelation, like, oh, it sounds like they're in water. But it, they claim that in space, when there's a vacuum, you can't hear anything. And so mm-hmm. sound, do, sound does not travel in space. So they claimed. But that's another thing that they're constantly retracting stuff that, that flat earthers kind of like bring to the light and and so they they'll delete stuff off their website constantly like ion propulsion like they say that we can travel up to 24,000 miles an hour through ion propulsion but yet they can't they can't replicate that on on earth so it's like how the hell do you know that it works if you can't replicate it on earth and nothing that they claim about space and like the spinning ball like um like, um, oh, I'm just drawing a blank whenever you, like you're on a, um, the, the centrif- centrifugal force when you're right. spinning something and everything goes outward, you know, like, oh, like
1: right. mm-hmm.
0: you know, like the, the propellers on a jet engine, everything, the, had the housing is so strong that the blades don't fly off because right. of the, mm-hmm. the centrifugal force is so strong. But we're expected to believe that that the Earth is spinning at a thousand miles an hour, but the gravity goes inward instead of outward, which holds mm-hmm. all the water together. And yet we can't replicate that at all. In any scenario, no scientific experiment can reproduce that magic of gravity. And
1: you know what? And I'm just going to break in really quick because it's funny that... One of the examples I've commonly heard when someone is talking about flat earth is Mm -hmm. that we're spinning so fast, we can keep all the oceans locked into, you know, our, Mm -hmm. I guess, what, what would it be our atmosphere, whatever, it's Mm -hmm. all gravity, right, but a butterfly can fly. Yeah, like you would think it would be spinning so fast and so hard to keep the water where it is that you would you would just be glued to the planet. You yeah. know, if it's that dense and heavy, you would just be like splattered if right. it was powerful enough to keep the oceans on. So yeah. what do you think about that? Like, what are your thoughts on that about gravity and like the lie of gravity? And,
0: Um, you know, I think weight and density has a lot to do with how just things naturally work. I mean, the, the, I don't I don't think there's some magic gravity just pulling us down. There's no pull factor. It's just everything is just more dense than, than another. Um, I've been slowly learning about electromagnetism and frequency um, because, I mean, if you think about bees and, like, um, just birds, hummingbirds, they all kind of, like... Emanate a frequency that that h- helps them levitate, because it's some a, a lot of things can fly that don't make sense, like the bumblebee. Their their wings are so tiny, but yet they emanate this 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 sound frequency that you can hear, and they're able to just go wherever. And then like some of the helicopters, they they emit a frequency. Drones they emit a frequency and. Um, even planes. I mean, they 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 have a. The stronger the frequency, the faster they can travel. And of course, you know, planes are like a whole other thing about about fuel and the propellers. They they actually just push. The, there is really no use of like any fuel except to take off. Then that's mm-hmm. that's a whole like thing that you yes. can get into.
1: <laughs> yes. And I'm dying to pick your brain. So let's just say I'm an idiot. It's not that hard to imagine. I'm an idiot. I know nothing about flat Earth. And I'm coming to you and I'm saying, like, are you crazy? This is caveman stuff, what you're talking about. We know the Earth is round. They've proven it, whatever. We can see pictures of Earth that, 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 that we can see, like when we're in an airplane, some people claim they can see the curve. Like, what would you say to someone who is thinking we're absolutely bonkers right now?
0: Um, you know, I approach everybody differently because I, I just kind of like feel how they, how they look at other things. Um, like like the moon landing hoax is very easy to introduce to the fact that we've never been to the moon and all the the sets and you, you look at Stanley Kubrick's life and t- especially towards the end I mean, he did make some uh you know before he died he admitted that he, mm-hmm. he uh, that he hoaxed the whole moon landing and yeah. so that that's a great introduction. Um, every person's different. Because people just easily get triggered. They they don't like their their world to be turned upside down and be told that you what you know is a lie. I mean, it took me a long time. Um, in twenty seventeen, I um, you know after it, I mean that was two years three years after I was questioning like the whole trajectory of the sun and all that stuff. And in twenty seventeen, while I was doing Uber. Um, I picked up a guy from the jet propulsion laboratory in Pasadena and I was taking him to the airport and uh, we saw this giant light that stretched across the sky. It was huge. And I, and I looked up and I said, is that aliens? And he's like, Oh no, that that's the Falcon nine. They just see just scraped along the, the firmament and I, looked through the rear rear view mirror and i was like the firmament yeah as in the bible That that's real and he said yeah that's real we've never been to space and he was just so candid and like so like matter of fact and that i was like all right you got to tell me more and so like i turned off the radio and he just started just letting it out like as if he just couldn't hold it in anymore he just needed to tell somebody <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my God, that is so awesome. That is a yeah. priceless moment. That is absolutely priceless. So for those of us who don't know, what is the firmament?
0: It is the, the barrier between here and, and what people think of space. But um, like in the Bible, it says that uh, when uh, the firmament separated the waters from the waters, what he, what, what that meant is that there was a barrier. Uh, other, Uh, religions or or languages that it's defined as uh, a vault or an expanse, uh, depending on what you, what version of the Bible you're reading and in what language. Uh, So it means we're in a vault. Uh, We are locked into whatever this world is and we can't escape in our corporeal form. So what I believe is that once we pass on, we can go through the barrier um, and then, you know, People just get trapped and don't know that they can leave, especially if they don't mm-hmm. have never learned the Bible. And then they've been, you know, religious deniers their entire life and just believe science, you know. And, and I think these people are trapped, you know.
1: Right. And so there is something that I found when I was personally looking at Flat Earth is the Van Allen belts,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which basically would cook anything that tried to get out basically and just you know disintegrate so when you think of the van ellen belts just that alone would make you think there's no way we could get out what is it radiation
0: uh that's what they say Yeah, radiation i think Mm -hmm. the belts are really just the layers of the firmament um whenever they the like the the rockets or whatever they shoot up there i mean something does fall down um they've they've gather this material called ringwood and it's kind of like magnesium, uh, hydrogen and oxygen. And it's, it's just a solid form. And when it comes down to earth, it becomes this, um, like some kind of like magnesium silicate. So it looks like a rock, but in its purest form, it's very blue, um, it is also part of the mantle the mantle of the earth, so whatever is at the top is also at the bottom. The furthest we've gone down is like seven point seven eight miles, and that was done in Russia and I think the furthest that we've gone down in the ocean is seven point seven eight miles as well so so
1: you think we bottom out? Do you think yeah. that's just where it ends right seven point now how do you how deep is the Marianas trench?
0: It could be that deep, 7.7. It could be that miles. deep. Yeah. I don't know.
1: And it just makes you think, like, why was it ever changed? Because everyone knew the earth was flat. And then it was like, okay, no, it's round. Mm-hmm. And that's what we believe to this day. But do you know why it, changed? like, who was behind, like, nope, it's not flat anymore? that's a bunch of like backwards caveman medieval thinking it's actually round. And then the way that they prove this is that the sun is round and the moon is round. So why wouldn't our planet be round? Is, well, I, I guess. Th- yeah, go
0: ahead. I think all this information is very recent within the last 150 years. History has been slowly been changed to reflect that, oh, we've known that the world was round for 2,000 years, which, which is complete bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of it, I mean, in 1900, there was an article in, in uh, the Chicago Tribune that you could be prosecuted for uh, for misinformation, for talking about the globe earth in, in, this, in uh, the classroom. So people were going to jail. Um, oh, I ha- my that I have a clip somewhere. I, I could find it. It's in my telegram, but because um, I post everything that I find, especially I'm I'm very fascinated with maps. Like um, that's a whole different thing. And because we, we've been lied to about, about where we live and the the shape of whatever their continents are, um, you know, and, and that's, that's been a practice that the military always done. They've never wanted the opposing countries to know exactly what this world really looks like. And so they don't, I mean, like, like in World War II, I mean, there was over 41,000 maps that were distributed because they didn't want opposing countries like Japan to be able to find us easily. And oh, so,
1: for God's sake.
0: Yeah. And so this misinformation has just been going on forever. Even the map that's behind me, that that's probably not correct as well. We don't really know. Um, I mean, there's other people that theorize that the moon is actually a map of Earth. And we're only in one section of it because the, the earth, I mean,
1: no, um, I'm sorry. I just got to break in. That's so freaking crazy. And it makes me wonder if like that Pangea thing is true, that we were all just one land mass and they've drawn it, that we're all broke up. Like, am I, do I sound like an idiot right now? Or do you think there's something to that?
0: That makes sense. Someone had, um, I don't, I don't know how true this is, but someone had broke, broke it down because, you know, in the old days when people would, you know, chart the waters, they would use the stars and they would use the, the moon. They would know exactly what what time of the month it was because the moon would have a certain pattern. And we only see one side of the moon. Someone showed me the other day uh, a moon app and I scrolled through it and you could scroll and see the entire moon for an entire month. And you only see one side of the moon. And that's another mm-hmm. thing that, that that's an easy like segue into flat earth is like, oh, we only see one side of the moon. So that means that we're the moon's not spinning. So we're not spinning either. And, and you can see the moon all throughout the day and in, in most, most times of the year. I can. Yeah.
1: I see it all the time. Yeah. All the time. Even, like on my way to work, on my way home from work, I can see it. Like, even if it's, like, broad daylight, I can still see the moon. And what I also find is interesting is that the moon is cold. And you can tell when you're in the moonlight versus, like, if you're standing in a shadow. Because if you step outside of the shadow, it's actually colder. Yeah. So, it like, the moon is, that's a whole nother. But, yes, I, I'm with you. Like, that's clearly obvious. We only see one side of the moon. So, what are stars, then?
0: Um, I think stars are really just part of the whole map I mean I think there's there's significance and each star and like like the wandering stars they have meaning You know, they some people claim that those are like certain angels or they they represent planets that reflect like your zodiac and all that stuff and I think all of it is true Because um, there's multiple meanings in the Bible. There's multiple meanings for the stars it's not just one interpretation, and that's it. Um, so what, whatever thing in life that you need, nature provides it. And so, like, if you're charting waters, you're, you're going out to, to, you know, to go to another piece of land, I mean, you can be guided. And uh, so what that person, oh, that's what I was going to talk about earlier, is that someone had mentioned that the moon is really a mini-map of the world. You know, just like in a video game when you have, like, a map that just kind of follows you throughout the game. You really kind of know where you're at. That's exactly what, um, what, what that is. And so you use the stars to kind of chart where you are. And we just have to learn what parts of the, of the moon is reflective of like the, the landmass underneath, you know, underneath our feet. And so.
1: <laughs> no, that is super interesting.
0: Yeah. Do
1: you think that, there's going to be like a supernova, anything like that. It's going to kill us all. Cause I know a lot of people have been predicting like this coronal mass ejection. That's just going to fry us all and get rid of electricity. And like, that'll be the end of us. And it's the sun and blah. Do you think anything like that's going to happen?
0: No, I don't think so. I, I think whatever happened in like before, 1850 or beyond that, because I do think that there was evidence of like a catastrophic catastrophic event that kind of engulfed the entire world. Uh, because there there is evidence that we've been buried at least 40 in flooded. feet and in, in mm-hmm. flooded. Yeah, no matter what city you're in, no matter where you go in the world, there is evidence of we've been buried. And so th- there there definitely has been something that's happened. And some, you know, there are theories based on that. Like we did at one time have technology where everything in the world was just connected. And all these, you know, people talk about ley lines and this energy that we all had access to because we're surrounded by energy. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. Star Wars where we're surrounded by the force. It's around us. It binds us together. You know, that's real life. I mean, everything, almost everything that's in that movie is real life. And we have the empire that controls everything and we're the rebellion, you know? Right. <laughs> and yes. It, it It's pretty nuts that everything there's truth in movies lies mm-hmm. in the media.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because I've been watching men in black, which is, um, you know, movies from my childhood that I paid no attention to other than like, that's a cool movie with Will Smith. But, watching them back as an adult is crazy knowing what i know now and those little tidbits they were putting into all three of those movies right and it besides the part where they say the earth is round and they're all coming from space and like whatever there are some other little intricate things that they throw in there that you're like oh my god and It just gets you to thinking, but I do want to ask you a question and you can tell me to fuck off, but you know how they say the pyramids of Giza, the one, two, three, the big ones, they align with like Orion's belt, but how they figured we were tilted or something like that. Is they weren't exactly lining up with the stars, but they figured at one point they did exactly line up with the stars, but we had been like tilted off the axis. Some weird phenomenon occurred and it shifted our position to the stars. Would that be an argument for ball Earth? Or do you think that was, what do you think about that? Maybe the Pangea thing, like we split up, we moved, we changed. Like, what do you think?
0: Well, I mean scientists use math to back up their lie. And and you know, you can you can use the math to make things work. I mean, you can make and you can calculate anything to make it you know mathematically work to whatever that you need it to to prove. So I I think it was just a way. I mean, just I like Einstein. I mean, he spent I don't know how many hours and years that he tried to create to make the Earth move, because before him, we uh, the Michelson-Morley experiment proved that the Earth was stationary, that we weren't moving at all, and he ne- he was basically commissioned to prove them wrong. And so, you know, part of this whole calculation was making us believe that we're on its like twenty three point five degree tilt axis. Uh-huh. And so it explains how we see the same patterns of the stars and how it could work for, the, you know, they say 2000 years. And then we would then the the North star would change its position to another star or another point. But mm-hmm. we don't know for sure because our lifespans are very short. We can only live in a maximum 120 years. And so, you know, but. There, there is there, there's the the cube that's in Mecca, which was built in 63 a. d and it, it's been pointing at the North Star ever since. and then okay. and then the 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 uh, gu- the guidestones, the Georgia guidestones, they were pointing at the North Star for the last 40 years, and it's never changed its position. But if we were moving in five different directions, that would be impossible. We would see a different star probably every day. But we don't. Right.
1: Right. No, that is so interesting. I do feel like a lot of stuff points to the stars. A lot of the old temples point to the stars, a lot of things. And it might be like you said, these are our guiding, you know, they'll never change. They'll always be there. We can always find them if we need to search something out. And so it does make me wonder going back to like the firmament. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's water on the outside?
0: yeah if you have a strong enough camera or telescope, you can see this ripple that'll go across the the whatever you're viewing, and it looks just like a wave, and it's just clear water and it's the clearest, purest form of water in between here and the moon. So, oh
1: my God yeah. doesn't that freak you out a little bit
0: it you know when I was moving from from Los Angeles to Dallas, Texas, where, where I live now. And we were in New Mexico and, and the elevation is like super high. I haven't looked it up to see how high it is. But when we were, I was looking off to my right, the moon just looked like it was not right next to me. Like it didn't look that far away. I'm like, like I was, um, I, we didn't have any reception, but I was talking to my wife cause she was in the car ahead of me and we had CB radios. And I was like, look at the moon. Hmm. Does it look like it's two hundred forty thousand, forty-eight thousand miles away? She's like, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it feels so much closer. Yeah. And it probably is so much. It is so much closer. And it does also make me wonder, like, if we're on a flat plane and this everything we see is flat, is even going up into an airplane, you should not be able to see a curve. Some people say they see a curve. I think it's the windows how they're made yeah. to make it kind of look like a curve. But it does make me wonder if they're lying to us about the shape because they don't want us to realize like how much like they can hide like if that came out that the earth is flat and they've lied about that everything goes into question like you can trust nothing at that point and that's like the big a lot of people say why do you even care if it's flat or if it's a ball whatever it's not going to change your life what changes is if we came to that realization that they've lied to us about the shape of our planet everything else goes up in smoke everything else is a lie science is a lie all this stuff it's all a lie We've never been to space. So then they got to, you know, come up with how we fake the moon landing, how da 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 da. da. They have so many things they'd have to backtrack and explain just mm-hmm. from that one point. Right. And if the earth is flat, we're not moving at all whatsoever, and we're surrounded by water, do you think these people that stare at the sun and they always tell us, don't look at the sun? It'll burn your eyeballs out. Like that's a whole nother lie in it in and of itself. So we have the flat earth. We're in like the firmament. Our stars don't move. We don't move. Mm-hmm. We have the moon. It's way closer than we think it is. And then we have the next part, which is the sun. Will it burn your eyeballs out to look at it?
0: Nope. It takes time. Like, like if you want to, like I sun gaze, uh, I can't do it all the time because I have to get up at 530 and I have to be at work at like 730 or seven o'clock and uh, on the weekends I, I get up early and I'll sit on the deck and just kind of like look at the sun. And, you know, I do this like whole thing of like covering my eyes and like stare at it for a few seconds. Cause you don't want to stare at it for a long period of time. Cause it does, it does. I, I don't know what it does honestly. Cause I've never gone more than a few seconds, but it, um, it does make you feel better throughout the day. It gives you more energy. It has corrected my eyes. Where, so when I'm like laying in bed, I'm not wearing glasses. I can see the TV perfectly. And really? Yeah. So I, I think eventually I'm not going to need glasses anymore, corrective lenses.
1: It, oh my it's, God.
0: It's progressing that fast and it only took a few months. And there are people who said they don't, they don't even need glasses anymore because they just... And, and the best time to do it is, like, early in the morning because it's the furthest away from you. You don't, you don't want to, like, look up in, at the at noon when the sun's directly over you. I mean, it, it hurts.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah.
0: you, can, you so, can get too much sun, too. And uh, yeah, also another another thing, if I can interject this. We, no, we yeah. I, I don't use suntan lotion anymore or uh, sunblock. You don't need it. As long as you don't wear sunglasses – because it, uh, sunglasses will block your natural per, uh, production of melanin. And so that's what makes you burn if you wear sunglasses.
1: Oh, for fuck's sake.
0: Yeah. And that's like,
1: a whole other conspiracy in and of itself.
0: Yeah. And I, my, my wife, who's all complaining, I need sunglasses. My eyes are burning. And I'm like, look at the sun, just glance at it. And then a few seconds later, she's like, okay, my eyes are a little better now. <laughs>
1: Oh my God. Yeah. So vitamin D is also a thing from the sun, right? We get vitamin D. It can correct our eyesight. They've always told us it'll burn the eyes out of our skull. Don't look at it. Don't even think about looking at it. And to hear you say that it's like, again, something they'd have to go back and explain why they've lied all this time
0: they're detaching about... us from nature.
1: Thank you. That's what it is. This whole thing, that's what it is.
0: Yeah. Mhm. It you know, cuz the more that you fear nature, the more control they have over you. And, and God is part of that nature. And I I think you know, it's just everything that we grow up learning about and like I mean, I I w- I was at a time when I was using a hundred SPF because I thought the sun was just going to kill me. You know, mm-hmm. Where I'd wear a hat, wear sunglasses, have like all this sunblock on me. Well, I'm going outside. I don't I want to be protected. And these are the people mm-hmm. that get that get skin cancer. You know?
1: Well, because the sunscreen is full of toxic shit that reacts with the sun Right. and can cause way worse damage than if you didn't. And I have a lot of avid sun block and sunscreen wears in my life And I don't dare try to explain it to them because it'll be like one of those deer in headlights kind of thing, because the sunblock is really in right now. The sunscreen is like, they put it in makeup, you know, you put it on top of your makeup. They have it in sprays for women. Like, don't worry about messing your makeup. We have it in this spray thing. You can just, you know, so it's like to try to explain the, the chemical reaction on your skin from the sunscreen is what's causing you damage. Right. And then if you don't wear it and you've got your sunglasses on and you're sitting by the pool and you get a sunburn, you're like, Oh, see, bitch, I told you I needed my sunscreen. There's so much that goes into that though, to try to explain what's going on.
0: What you're blocking is the vitamin D. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're getting that, you're blocking your body from getting that healthy nutrient that you need. I mean, it's just like plants. I mean, how do they survive? I mean, they they survive on water and sun, you know? So
1: Yeah, and that's why people who live in Alaska, when it's like that 30 days or whatever, where the sun doesn't come out, they have like tanning beds and stuff because you have to get some (laughs) type of like, you know what I mean? They call it like seasonal depression or something like that. But just going in the tanning bed for like 30 minutes a day helps them like get through never not seeing the sun or whatever it is. But speaking of that, how would we explain the 30 days of night? Not to quote the movie, but yeah.
0: Um. Well, the, the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of, uh was it? Capricorn. I, I don't me- remember that the, the furthest point of the sun is, is somewhere in Ohio. And that's the furthest it goes. And then the furthest it goes down is like uh, Queensland, Australia. So that's the furthest that the sun will travel in a circle around the the earth. And so when you're at the furthest point, that's the furthest away from like Alaska. So you're not going to have any sunlight at all. So for 30 days before it starts to retract and go back, towards the the tropic of cancer i might be misquoting Mm -hmm. um you're really not going to see anything so like like when they they say that the son dies and then is reborn which is like the whole jesus thing you know jesus died on and on the 22nd or 20th yeah yeah and so he's reborn on the he's born on the 25th that just means that's when he's going the sun is going back towards this area and that's i mean that's that's the ultimate darkness for anyone who's living you know towards the center of the where we where we live
1: <laughs> and so the sun is moving around us yeah in our in our dome right which is another thing i think i wanted to make sure i pointed out is like if we're going flat earth and we're not moving that would mean the sun is actually in a rotation around our dome like the truman show people this is exactly like the truman show and also i feel like that's what they were trying to show us in lost and Mm -hmm. that's what they were trying to show us in like the new kong movie where you know kong is in this contained environment but there's birds, there's waterfalls, it looks like it's a beautiful sky. And then all he does is like throw a spear into the sky and it just like shatters. It gets all like pixelated. And then you realize, oh my God,
0: he's mm-hmm. in like
1: a container, right? A big dome. And that's essentially what we are in. <laughs> it just makes a ton of sense why they would like their sixth sense of humor give us movies like that, showing us how realistic it can feel.
0: But they also try to confuse us too. Yeah. By going inside the earth and like, oh, this is the hollow earth theory, you know, and then they just pile on theory after theory and just to confuse you. But while they throw the truth in there at the same time.
1: Mm Hmm yeah and it's really hard out of all the conspiracy theories i can get someone to believe there's a bigfoot as long as that bigfoot is on a globe earth you know what i'm saying like it's very very hard to convince people because there's no way that we can go up outside of the firmament and look back down and see it Mm -hmm. and be like oh my god this whole time they were right it's flat like until we get that capability, there's no way that we can take a picture of it and say, like, look, I told you so. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's really yeah. hard.
0: Yeah, I've watched every rocket launch for the last, I don't know, 10 years or so. And they never have like one camera just on on the end of whatever rocket they're on and just showing exactly everything. They always pan to a different camera. Mm-hmm. So it throws you off and, or they, they just have like, they'll show it off the rocket launch in a distance and like, Oh, the the Falcon nine is like now in, in orbit. And it's like, and then they're talking for a good 30 seconds while they're like, okay, when well, we need the right camera angle. And then all of a sudden they're in space and they're about to dock with the, the space station and it's all black. There's nothing but under it. There's nothing behind it. It's just blackness. And it's always the same images, the same video footage, and so it's like it doesn't look real at all it it just looks like a Stanley Kubrick film and mm-hmm. on a set, and none of it looks real at all <clears throat> and then you watch Do
1: you think, oh sorry, go ahead
0: and when you watch footage of people recording it, it just looks like an arch, you know just just like the the disney uh you know they they show a the, show the shooting star going over the 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 Disney castle. it's Mm -hmm. it's it's exactly what they do
1: do you think like stanley kubrick faking the moon landing all these things like you said the footage just looks completely like preposterous they've made all these space movies and like prometheus and it like, all these movies where we're in deep space and, like, you have to go into hypersleep to, like, get to these other planets. And it's so fantastical. Yeah. And they do this to, like you said, when you were a little kid, like, you wanted to be, like, an astronaut, basically. And you wanted to be that guy that, like, got to see the space. So it almost like encourages kids and even adults to believe like this fantastical idea that we can shoot off into deep space and find new planets with all. And we've never even been off our planet. Right. Like that's gotta be one of the biggest lies of all time.
0: Well, the universities rely on us to fantasize about this whole space thing and like want to become engineers and want to become pilots and be astronauts when only a small percentage of people actually get to do it. So this whole fantasy just gets people just to enroll in college and like go for it. And so, I mean, it's, it's a $4.4 trillion industry and the mm-hmm. universities alone. I mean, they, they make billions and trillions of dollars on people just dreaming about this fantasy. And so the, if the, if the containment and the realistic version of earth was to be exposed and everybody knew it, it, it would make our world smaller and not as vast. And then we wouldn't be so nihilistic and so destructive and the elites wouldn't have as much control over us. That's why it matters. That's why the the more we distance ourselves from, from source and from nature the the more we rely on entertainment and <clears throat> all these outside sources to keep us occupied and like dreaming if mm-hmm. if we were grounded and knew about our existence we would care about what was around us we would care about people more and we wouldn't worry about overpopulating the earth i mean and we would right. just we would just naturally would just take care of things You know,
1: Mm -hmm. so where are you at with our whole history being a lie in the fact that do you believe in like an Atlantis situation or like a Lemuria situation? Where are you on? Like maybe that was our origin and it's all been lost to now it's like myths and legends and made up story. Do you believe that was real?
0: Um I I'm not exactly sure to be honest what what Atlantis is. I mean there's theories that America is really Atlantis. I and mean, we we're the, we're the the uncharted territory that was undiscovered for, for so long. Frank. <laughs> My dog. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> but um I also think I don't know this for sure but we the the North Pole, I do believe, it kind of moves, in that it we're on this. The sun also travels, but in it, 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 it like micro moves. So in this like circular pattern, and if the moon is actually in the map of the Earth, and we were only exist in this like small pattern, it does. Tra- it takes twenty one thousand years to to travel the full circumference of the, of the moon. Um, <clears throat> and that's, it's still new information. I don't know this for sure. Um, and it sounds crazy to anybody who's like, Oh, this is just, you know, conjecture and, but you know, it, it is possible because if, if, you know, 21,000 years ago, this was frozen over because it was, because the sun had moved its its trajectory around into another area maybe this is considered Atlantis this entire map of the mm-hmm. of the, of the world this whole realm so it it in that's what they call a great year it takes twenty one thousand years to to fully the to circumvent this whole part of the of holy the, shit that. and, and that's something I could probably send you to like kind of Oh I, yeah. My my history teacher, I I just introduced that whole theory to him yesterday and he he's like, you know, a couple hours in. <laughs> so he's like, "Oh, this totally <laughs> makes sense." <laughs> so. No, yeah.
1: So that would be a good thing for maybe like the listeners to go and look up and kind of like start their journey into the flat earth realm. Yeah. But I do also want to say like let's say somebody's listening to this right now and they're like, "Those two idiots." Talking about the Earth being flat, like what are a couple of things that just your average Joe, like they can go out their front door and just look and be like, question this, question that. Like, what are some like baby steps to flat Earth?
0: You know, on the, um, you know, Weather, Ac- you can see they tell you how how high the the cloud deck is, cloud deck. And uh, it's only about 800 feet here in Dallas, and the the, the ceiling is only 40,000 feet. So just by looking out into the sky, um, I mean this doesn't prove flat Earth, but it's just everything's a lot closer than than we think. Like the the closest cloud is 800 feet. Um, when I went on on the Reunion Tower in 2016, I could see for miles and miles and miles i mean it was just flat land because everywhere else i've lived and been i mean there's always been mountains that obstruct my total view and it was in the middle of summer it was like july so there was no moisture in the air at all so you could see for literally hundreds of miles and on a globe model we're not supposed to see that far and uh just a couple of months ago, my, uh, group, I belong to a group called Dallas Fort Worth, uh, true earthers. We did a little bit of experiment and we set on the, the, the shore of a lake and then our, our friends went to the other side, which was uh 6.64 miles. And at that point, um, they actually had a light and then we were able to see it. Um, they, they flickered the light and we we could see it from that far. Uh, on a globe model, it, we, that should they should have been behind ten feet of curvature, and we wouldn't been able to see them at all. So that is if, a
1: beautiful point you're making because if you ask someone about the the curvature, they'll say that's where the boats like you can't see them anymore when they sail off into the horizon. Mm-hmm. And what the flat Earth shows is all you need is a pair of binoculars <laughs> because yeah. your eyes just can't see that far. Yeah. So is, am I right about that?
0: Right. And, uh, our friend, they, he had a, a camera, um, it's a, a camera that was a very powerful camera that he, he, you could see the, the flash. We couldn't exactly see that far cause it was getting kind of dark, but you could see the flash. And so that solidified that the curvature is not real and if if the bridge wasn't in the way, we could probably see even further um but you know we just have limitations I would like to go out into the the desert and the flatlands and just do the same experiment and do it at at thirty miles and you know you can from uh on the other side of chicago i mean you through if if the uh moisture isn't if the humidity is at zero and then you're in the middle of summer, you could see across. Uh, the the lake, and, and see oh, the other yeah. side. Um, mm-hmm. th- there is a video of uh, where the the newscaster was saying, "Oh, what you're seeing here is a mirage," and it, you can see the the skyline of Chicago, but you can see it clearly if if the the weather conditions are perfect. You know, because that that's what limits our view is moisture in the air because it's it's dense. Um, and the molecules of water in the air as as it rises, it just kind of blocks your view. And that's, that's another reason why we only see the sun for 30 miles is because the moisture density just gets thicker and thicker. And and so the sun just gets smaller and smaller.
1: Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. So (laughs) much sense. So another thing I want to touch on is Mm -hmm. Operation High Jump. Mm -hmm. Now, A lot of people might be familiar with like Admiral Byrd and he went on this mission. He was going to explore like the Antarctica region, if I'm correct. Yeah. And what he found and came back and reported is like, there was this garden of Eden, like this paradise beyond Antarctica and that it was like occupied by German Nazis and they, Pretty much we're like trying to shoot his plane down out of the air. Mm-hmm. And can you tell us a little bit about what you think lies beyond the ice wall that they're trying to keep us from knowing about?
0: Well, <clears throat> if there is a barrier, he wouldn't be able to go that far. Probably 30 miles beyond the actual ice wall where where you have to – where you have to travel 150 feet to get to the edge of the ice wall, and then you can go further. But he had a whole, like, uh, plane crew that uh, that were able to fly, and I think at, at about 30 miles, they, they lost contact, and they had to rescue that person, um, <clears throat> which could have been very well had been the barrier, and someone ran into it. Um, but I don't know beyond that. I haven't investigated too much. I've only seen like the documentaries on, on YouTube. It was just Operation High Jump. And you can see that there's just mountainous terrain that goes on for miles and miles and miles. And it, it, it looks like you're in Colorado. I mean, <laughs> it uh-huh. doesn't look that much different. And there is parts of Antarctica where it just looks like a giant ice wall. And it's just a giant shelf that just goes on for hundreds of miles. I mean, I, if we're surrounded by this whole ice shelf, I mean, that's 60,000 miles in circumference. And mm-hmm. it, it would just take... I mean, uh, I, I was uh, listening to, to an episode. I mean, Jaronism was interviewing a guy who said he was hired, because he is a scientist, and he was hired to investigate to uh, Antarctica. And they, they told him the real Antarctica... So they had, like, a whole team, and this was two years ago, and we haven't heard from him since. So I don't know if he's just still there or he's, like, you know, he can't Mm -hmm. speak, and he's worried about being caught by speaking out loud because, you know, Mm -hmm. nothing's hidden. I mean, you can hide your IP address, and they'd still find you.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. The real Antarctica. Yeah, yeah.
0: So there's wow. this like whole like military ex- exhibition where they're just investigating what's beyond the ice wall. So,
1: do you think that's playing with fire a little bit? Maybe the ice wall's there to protect us. Like it's meant to be there. There's a reason we have an ice wall. Like,
0: well, I find it ironic that if you go on Google Earth and you go to there, there's uh, three points on Antarctica. Like the continent of Google Earth. And it says dome one, dome two, and dome three. And, and like, oh my why, why would they call it dome if there wasn't a dome?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point. Yeah. And just looking at the map behind you, even uh-huh. if it's not like a thousand percent accurate, I want to try to explain this for the listeners. So, if you take Earth and you flatten it out like a pancake, what you and I are talking about is that on the whole line, all around Earth, is a gigantic ice wall like mm-hmm. Antarctica, but it goes all the way around. It's not just like a little chunk that's like off to the side, like Antarctica is here. It's literally, it, it encompasses Earth. And right. that's what's keeping the dome. A dome it's like that's the protective barrier and no one is able to go past the ice wall right just like how they would say like if you kept on sailing and sailing and sailing you'd fall off the planet because like that you just drop off and like I do feel like that was also one of those things to try to like discourage and scare people from like getting close to the ice wall because they'd be like, what the fuck is this? Like, oh, my God, it's a dome and we're all, (laughs) you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I did try to look into it and see if I could charter something and try to go beyond the ice wall. But you have to get permission otherwise you once you get to the 60th parallel you'll be intercepted by whatever naval uh, whatever part of Antarctica that you're at that that agency or, or military will will stop you and, and board your ship and then tell you to turn around um, so you have to go to like uh, the French consulate to ask for permission do you have to file um, this whole, all this paperwork to tell them that you want to go to Antarctica or if you want to go anywhere outside of the 60th parallel. And back in 1993, there there was one person that tried to do that. They had a whole cargo ship. He had like 60,000 gallons of, of fuel. Uh, and <clears throat> his application was denied. And it took two years to deny him. And he spent over like $250,000 to to do this so I mean, it's it's nearly impossible to have an independent charter to be able to do this yourself like you can go to antarctica and which is 30 miles off the coast of of south america and then you know you get there and then they have another excursion where they take you like 5 miles in and then then they have this like post where it says oh you're at the the south pole it's all total bullshit you know, it's just there for tourists and people who want to believe that they're at the South Pole. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like that kid who who claimed he went down to the South Pole and and then came back, and then a week later he was on the Today Show, and yet his skin didn't look like pure you know, like black leather. I mean, if you're experiencing below freezing temperatures, I mean your your skin would just look like a leather bag, and mm-hmm. you would you would look like an old man because you would be so weathered and so stressed because you have, in order to survive in that cold of temperatures, you have to eat like 10 to 20,000 calories a day just to survive. Oh my God. I mean, that's a lot so of not food. your
1: average Joe is just going to Antarctica. Like the part that we're allowed to go to as civilians is mm. not, what me and you are talking about, like beyond the ice wall, the ice wall, like you have to have some kind of special clearance or be a part of a special military, like tactical unit. Right. With the sole purpose of this is need to know. You never talk about it. It's not disclosed. So when people say like, I've been to Antarctica, it's like, not really. <laughs> You've been to the part that they allow you to see, yeah. you know? So, I'm really glad that you brought that up because that is something that comes up a lot is oh, I've been there, wasn't mm-hmm. you know, no big deal. I didn't see anything, but I that leads me to another question then. Do you think what do you think about like Bermuda Triangle? What do you think about like aliens? Do you think this is interdimensional stuff? Because we can still be on a flat earth and be interdimensional. But that doesn't mean like they're coming through the dome like from other planets or like, wh- where are you on that kind of stuff?
0: Well, that whole rumor about the Bermuda Triangle just being like the abyss, I, that is where, you know, when, the, when NASA was launching all the rockets in, from Cape Canaveral, they were launching them into that area. So they called it the Bermuda Triangle. And so it was off limits to everybody because they didn't want the evidence to be seen by just normal people's eyes and so they made that whole area just totally off limits and so if you're anywhere near that area you would be turned around or you get arrested for for uh going going any further because there was like all this rocket debris inside in the ocean holy shit Right.
1: So do you think maybe they would have actually shot planes down if they went too far into the triangle and just that just casualties, they didn't care, they would just, you know, sink your,
0: well, they would be ordered to turn around or, you know, yeah, turn around, mm-hmm. basically. And if you didn't, they would shoot you down.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, because I know some some flights have never been located. Yeah. that flew through there. So I'm thinking maybe they were given orders to turn around and they didn't, or they proceeded to the route and they shot them down there. They're in the rocket graveyard mm-hmm. pretty much. So right. that is a really great explanation. So what you, where are you on like the aliens and stuff?
0: You know, I don't necessarily believe in aliens. I, I used to believe in aliens until I, all those you know, UFO shows never proved anything. It's like, oh, you know, what do you think? You know, they would never actually answer any question at all. And then then the alien autopsy, it was just just a rubber suit, Mm -hmm. alien, you know, theatrical thing. And so all that's, you know, after just years and years and years of never getting a solid answer and just like, oh, this military... Here's here's a view of what they possibly saw. So all all that stuff. I mean, it it just makes you like wonder. It's like are are they just seeing other human technology? And you know, I a few years ago, probably ten years ago, I was in uh, uh Pomona, California, and I was just driving by myself, and I I saw these lights, and they were following me, and they weren't budging. And then I looked in my rearview mirror, and there was nothing there. And then I look up, and there was this like a pyramid shape of lights and it was just perfectly following me. And then then they followed me for a good 30 seconds to a minute. And then I looked back up and it just like blinked in a blink of an eye. It was just gone. And that was my first encounter and only encounter of like, like an alien. But I Mm -hmm. also think that it was like some kind of drone you know, because drones can move really fast. They can be closer and let, yet look far away and huge. So, I, I, you know, I think since the 30s and 40s, I mean, like like the Nazis have always had this, like, technology. And they, you know, when they first came to America, they really wanted to push space. And so, like, all these comic books started to come out. All these books and science fiction writers were writing about space and just getting us, like, in fear of, like, this... this this possibility of aliens and, and so like all these, like, you know, all these writers were just making everybody scared and all these like, you know, science fiction stuff was just being popularized. And all of a sudden we're, we're going to space, you know, and all these scientists from Nazi Germany Mm -hmm. just started to like really take over the human psyche here, especially in the United States. I mean, there that's like a whole other topic you know about tavistock and then the university of frankfurt and all those professors getting embedded into our education system and like taking over stanford and the university of pennsylvania and harvard and yale like they all the scientists went there to teach you know and and kind of brainwash our thinking and then create this whole propaganda. Yeah the
1: Germans headed up NASA too. Yeah So it's, it's always, it's exactly what you said. And a lot of people, if you're not familiar with paperclip is basically we took all the brilliant, brightest, you know, doctors, scientists, this, that, and the third thing. And we brought them here to Mm -hmm. continue their research and they pretty much took over our schools. They gave us NASA, they, you know, propagated this whole moon landing thing. And it's really, it really came from Nazi Germany.
0: Right. Um, Tavistock was originally the uh, war propaganda uh, department in, in England. And so they worked very closely with uh, German scientists. And so they were kind of like working together. They wanted to start the World War I. And so they, they originally started all the war propaganda and it just continued. It never stopped. And mm-hmm. it's still here today. I mean, they, I mean, they created the whole '60s movement, the, the rock and roll. I mean, mm-hmm. almost everybody came from, originated from Tavistock. And if they didn't originate from Tavistock, then the CIA was all a part of it too. And you know, it's just like um, in your your one of your latest episodes. I mean, you talked about uh, Michelle Phillips, and I mean, I think all of that is all connected. And it all goes back to like the Tavistock Institute and the CIA.
1: Oh God. Yeah. It was all contrived by the CIA. Yeah. And you know what? Since you brought that up, can you please tell me a little bit about the Michelle Phillips things for the listeners? Cause you sent me a picture on Instagram and I was at work and I was like, are you fucking serious right now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> So Mikey J tell me about, your experience with Michelle Phillips.
0: I didn't know her that well. I mean, my wife knew her a lot more than I did and actually went to her house and like talked to her about her past. And that's how I knew about Mackenzie Phillips and, and like her family and, and stuff. But I didn't really like know too deep about her. And then I was uh, invited to give her the lifetime achievement award. And I was, I presented her the, the award for that at the, the Gibson showroom in, in uh, Hollywood or um, uh, Beverly Hills. And so that was like a huge honor to, to give her that award. And cause at the, at that time um, I did have an award show where I awarded independent music artists. I mean, that's how I got into this whole field in the first place and how I mm-hmm. became a podcaster. And, but you know, t- two and a half years ago, I, I decided to change my whole format and, and, talk about what I actually love and and wanted to talk about for so long, but I was afraid because I was afraid of what people thought from the music industry. So I, I, you know, I kept my mouth shut for so long.
1: (laughs) Yeah. To hell with them. That's what I say. To hell with them. Did you get bad vibes from her ever at any point? Like she, maybe she was fibbing, maybe she wasn't genuine, any type of vibe like that.
0: I felt like you know you know I mean, when you sense something from someone that there was something very hidden from the mm-hmm. from the rest of the world and you know when you have that much kind of like darkness in your family and you're tied into like the CIA and all these like Ritual killings and stuff. I mean, right? It, it affects your whole well-being, and you know, and she, her career just never really went anywhere after the mamas and the papas, and mm-hmm. but you know, and it's, I never really got to know her personally, but you know, just meeting her was just you know, kind of uh, surreal. Yeah, surreal because that of
1: the good. the past and like the mamas and the papas, like. I did find it so. Did she ever mention like the incestuous stuff, like with John Phillips and McKenzie? Never once, never. Oh, no, it.
0: no, <laughs> no.
1: So, but that should go to show you right there because you can type into Google, whatever, YouTube, and hear McKenzie Phillips out of her own mouth talking yeah. about this stuff. So, obviously, Michelle knew what was going on because. McKinsey had tried to tell them. Like I talked to my stepmom about it. They told me let it lie. So she was very much so conspiring with John Phillips to keep that whole thing under wraps. And yeah. that has to eat at your soul after yeah, a while.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Did
1: she look real old for her age or anything?
0: No, she looked pretty good. Like I mean, she she was definitely all the older. baby blood, maybe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I
0: think her lifetime achievement was just surviving all that nonsense, you know, Mm -hmm. living through that horrific life, part of her life that she just wanted to, like, move past. But, you know, those demons just never go away. Oh,
1: never. And I do want to tell you something just as um, like a little bonus just for you. I was on the phone with my brother. He wanted to call and debate me about the uh, Laurel Canyon episodes because he is a tried and true, like, he'll never say, like, (laughs) he can't admit to himself, like, this stuff is real. So he was like, no, you don't understand, like, people treated them like they were gods, like larger than life personas and, and these people started to really think that they could do anything because people just worship them. And I was like, no, like it goes way deeper than just having like a big ego here. And I explained yeah. to him about like McKenzie Phillips and all this, and it kind of took him aback. And then he was like, all right, well let me think about it and I'll get back to you. And I was like, yeah, you do that. But so he told me this story about Mackenzie Phillips and she said she lost her virginity at like 14. And it was at a house party that John and Michelle Phillips were holding. And it was like a birthday party for her, but they all stayed up all night partying. There was like the Rolling Stones were there and like all these, you know, real influential people. And then they sent McKenzie to bed, but they kept partying all night. And she said, I was laying in bed. I was asleep. And then I hear like a knock on my door And Mick Jagger walks in the room What? and he just got in the bed with me. She said, he took my virginity, said happy birthday and got up and left and closed the door after him. And she was like, I'll never forget that. Because it was like, why is my, why are my parents letting this happen to me? Like I thought I could, you know, and then later on, it was like John Phillips was doing this stuff to her. Yeah. And so to, I can't, I can't imagine, you know, that's horrifying to me. And then for your dad to end up doing that stuff later. And it's like, you can't even go to Michelle because Michelle's like, she's just let it lie. You know, don't make a fuss. And when you said that, like you had met her, I was just so curious because when stuff like that happens and you're a part of that lifestyle, like sex, drugs, rock and roll, literally, It makes me think, like, how do they get on in day-to-day life with all those secrets inside? You know, it just, it boggles my mind. Like, where are you on that? Do you think maybe she needs, she's just, like, blocked it out? Like, that's her split personality, and now she's, like, turned a new leaf? What do you think?
0: Well, you know, in order to be you know, a a political figure to be an actor or like a musician, you have to, there's like a level of nihilism and like just narcissism that, that you're able to detach what you feel inside from the rest of it. I mean, you just have to have this desire of like being in the, in the forefront of the limelight and like all the attention on me. And so you're able to suppress whatever darkness that you have inside of you much easier than like say me or you or whatever mm-hmm. and because i i don't think i could operate the same way i mean i i've never liked being in front of a camera it wasn't until covid happened that i was like able to get in front of a camera because i wasn't in front of anybody i'm i i did not have like a whole set of people peering over me and like all right here's your lines and you know I'd, i didn't have to be that guy and so i i don't have that that i don't know I don't have that worry, you know, as much. Mm -hmm. I'm just in my room.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I'm just looking
0: at you. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. all our audience is like an after effect, you know, I don't really. Right.
1: There is something to say though, about these people that are just larger than life. And when you get to that level, kind of like Marilyn Monroe was larger than life. There are so many things that go on like behind the scenes that you and I will never be privy to. Like we'll never know what it's like to be that huge or like traveling the world or like you know I don't want to know either to be honest with you. And I'm I'm just like you like I like to stay, you know, in a small, you know, I don't want to be on stage in front of millions of people like I could I couldn't do it. First off, I feel like I look like Jack Sparrow's hag sometimes. I'm like I just no makeup, hair messed up like I'm just whatever. I'm chilling, I'll do a Zoom call, but to be in the public eye as much as these people have, like all the eyes on you all the time and just, "Oh, I love you. I love your music. You guys are the best." Like you get this bloated ego and who knows like what that can do to somebody if they're already kind of part of this like narcissistic mm-hmm. n- they're never held accountable for anything. You know, it's weird.
0: When I was young, to I stop
1: that off with like satanic whatever. Go ahead.
0: When I was young in I was in San Diego and my friend invited me to, you know, be a part of his um acting class. And I did not want to be on a stage, even though it was just a bunch of actors watching me. And I was like, can I do something else? And they're like, well, you can operate the camera. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I'll just be behind the camera. <laughs> so that was my job.
1: No. Yeah.
0: I, you know, I'm I, the same way in 2012. I had my first award show and it was in Hollywood on this sunset strip. And I had about 1200 people show up. I had no idea what to expect. I didn't, I never really visualized that many people and that I would have to entertain all these people. And so when the cameras were on me, I just had an out of body experience. I I wasn't there, you know, and because did you mess
1: up your lines and, Oh yeah, totally. I, I,
0: I just, I filled in every spot with other people to be on stage and like say, say their lines and stuff. And then one guy didn't show up some comedian and I had to be him. So I was just like oh. a deer in deer in headlights. I'm like I couldn't even remember like the winner's names and stuff and
1: oh my god.
0: <laughs> I felt like such an idiot. But oh,
1: that's so I, rough.
0: I don't want attention like that. Like
1: Mm-mm.
0: you know No. It, I would fa- fantasize like when I was younger I would pretend I would be like, you know, Ryan Seacrest or like like a radio mm-hmm. DJ. But that was like the extent of like the attention that I wanted you know, I, I never wanted like eyes looking at me and like me being the entertainer. Like I'm just, just not my personality at all.
1: <laughs> no. And I think that might be, and I hate to like repeat myself, but a Sagittarius thing, because I'm okay with doing this and talking to you or talking to other people and making friends, making friends. is not an issue for me. I like meeting new people. I don't yeah. want to meet a thousand, twelve hundred new people all staring at me. Like, that's yeah. too much. I would rather just have it like a radio show I could do 100%. You know, just being on the microphone, not worried about like actually being a comedian, hoping my jokes are funny, looking at all these people looking up at me and like say something funny, bitch. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like that couldn't make be me. Laugh. me. <laughs> yeah. The pressure and the, the demand is too yeah. much. But – it is now time for our honorary question. Mikey J. What is your favorite scary movie?
0: Um, it, it took me a while to think of it because you always ask all your guests. And uh, the only movie that really has like captured me and like has it's all no, no movie has ever surpassed it. And it's a it's a movie by Dario Dario. Uh, oh my god i can't remember the name but it, the movie's called sus it's uh it was made by an italian filmmaker and it was uh it, it was- it came out in nineteen seventy seven and the reason why I love it so much because the the colors are so vibrant the the cinematography is just superb and every every turn is like they just like embellish every scene and so it doesn't look natural but it looks so highlighted even like the blood is like super mm-hmm. bright and like the the death scenes are just like oh you can't ever forget them they there's just like imprinted in my brain and I've never been able to forget it and for the longest time I couldn't remember the name of the movie because it was so weird and
1: <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember it either you yeah. sent it to me and instead of just hitting the link I, w- I went back like at work the next day and I was like, I think it was called like spirulina or something like yeah. that. And I was trying to find it and like all these like health food things kept spirulina. And I was like, okay, this is wrong. This is not. So yeah. But you know what I would compare it to like the visuals. Uh-huh. Have you ever seen grand Budapest hotel?
0: Uh, I feel like I have, but I, I don't re- recall.
1: Okay, that's your homework. It's not a scary movie, but it's, I know you'll love it and you'll appreciate it because it's a masterpiece. It is a work of art. The colors pop out of your screen. The acting is superb. The story, the plot, everything about it is like, ah, chef's kiss. Love that movie. You will love it too. But I did when I was watching it. Mm -hmm. Like what you said, it's so bright. The colors are just like vibrating off the screen. And it's just like Grand Budapest Hotel. And I was like, oh, my God, I've never seen this first off. Second off, not a lot of people come with an original answer like that because they'll be like, you know, always with always the, the obvious you know, ones. Yeah, the yeah. obvious one. John the Carpenter Exorcist. movies yeah. or Exorcist, Yeah. So I was taken off off guard first because I was like, wait a second. I've not seen this one. Let me check it out. I didn't get to finish it yet. Cause I've kind of been like watching it as I'm like working and going through, but I think I have like 30 minutes of it left. So don't spoil the ending.
0: Oh, okay. Oh man. You're in for a treat.
1: <laughs> don't spoil the ending, but I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And sometimes just the visuals, like that it's like you said it'll stay with you because it sets itself apart from like all those cookie cutter like horror movies like right. they're oh yeah the girl's taking her top off as soon as somebody gets naked they get murdered that's rule number one in horror movies like you get naked you're dying yeah period and so you can almost like they're they're so predictable for me now that there's no real you're,
0: you're desensitized you mm-hmm. know. So it, yeah, it ta- that's why this movie has such an impression that it just, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. Like mm-hmm. I, like one of the first movies that I ever watched was uh, the evil dead. And
1: oh, I love evil dead.
0: And it scared the crap out of me. But when I watched it as yes. as I, as an adult, I was like, why was this scary? <laughs> it's like comical.
1: <laughs> it is now. I'll give you that. Yeah. It is now, but I watched it with my mom when I was probably in like, sixth grade Uh, and when she popped her head up out of that
0: oh god (laughs)
1: in the floor and just started laughing that yeah (laughs) so petrified i was like oh god no the same thing happened to me though when i watched the body snatchers for the first time as a kid like i I could watch it now no problem like it's not but back then as a kid yeah when you're eight years old
0: it's scary as shit
1: (laughs) oh my god yeah. And it was like from the 70s or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, this is a whole new level of Body Snatchers was a really iconic one for me. But if we're talking horror movies, one that I've seen recently is Black Phone. Have you watched it?
0: No, I haven't. Like You know, movies okay. scare me the older I get.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. This one, you can. I, I promise you can handle it. Uh-huh. It's more of like a kidnap, abduct like the kids locked in a basement kind of thing. There's not a lot of jump scares or anything like that, but I feel like you'd appreciate it and it's actually Stephen King's son. So
0: Oh. Yeah, I, I think no you idea. you would
1: like that. You would like that. And um I did like it. Yeah so it's got, it's got like that vibe of like being scary but also telling like a really fantastic story at the same time because I get almost bored of like the slash them cut them up like slice and dice like I get a little sick of that. I almost mm-hmm. would rather watch like a demon movie or like a ghost or like something like suspenseful where you don't really know what's going on than it to be like a psychopath with a knife running around and like I, are you more of like a Texas chainsaw guy or are you kind of like me, like the ghosty? Like, no, what, I don't, what's I don't your see
0: people getting cut up and torn apart?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That, but those so sp-
1: two movies, I would just recommend for you. Like, tonight after we get done, maybe you can convince your wife because it's not scary. It's actually a comedy. Grand Budapest Hotel.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: I own it on DVD and I don't even have a DVD player, but I'll never throw it away. Cause I just love that movie so much. Like maybe it'll be valuable one day. It's yeah. got the uh, guy who played Voldemort in it. Oh, really? And um... Bill Murray and Jude law. And I mean, Jeff Goldblum. Oh God. It's a cinematic delight. Now,
0: now it's starting to ring a bell yeah I, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it but i i remember the okay um, you the
1: definitely need to see it definitely are you even a horror movie fan or you just have dabbled
0: i i dabble yeah i'm not okay someone who like seeks it out oh well, i can't wait for this <laughs> movie no i'm not that person
1: <laughs> what about your wife she's, a, oh, she's, like she's the same and...
0: way like i okay she's really the one that got me out of like watching like scary movies but I, you know, what as I get older and like start to appreciate life, and especially since Flat Earth, I they don't like the Hack 'em Up movies anymore. You know, no, I I'm don't like, either. I like suspense. Like we we watched it at the theater, and that that was pretty. You know that that was pretty brave of us.
1: <laughs> yeah, part two was on fire. I gotta say, yeah, part two yeah. really
0: that was dark. Me. It was darker, yes. definitely. Yeah, yeah, it was
1: way darker, and um. I did like the the kid from Stranger Things. I do like him. The I guess he's a brunette, like the, the, the main kid in Stranger Things. I yeah. don't know his I don't, name. I, I don't
0: know his name either. I know who you're talking but
1: about. But he was actually in the remake of Ghostbusters, this new one that's come out. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I would say it was a remake or it's like a sequel in a way, but they just called it Ghostbusters and it had him in it and it had, you know, the original Dan Aykroyd and um, the black guy, forget his name. And then it had um, the secretary that picks up the phone is like, Ghostbusters, what do you want that she's in it? And it's really, really cool. And uh, actually Paul Rudd is in it too. And, I got to say, that one was so fun to watch. It wasn't scary at all whatsoever. But if you like the 80s movies like Ghostbusters, it was actually really, really fun. And I've hated all Ghostbuster remakes, especially the one with the females. I hated it. But this one's really cool, too. So I don't know if you want to watch something like that. That's a cool one that you could probably watch with your wife and she wouldn't freak out or anything like that.
0: I I I don't know if you know this, but there is a remake of Suspiria, and uh, Dakota Johnson is in it, and I think mm. it was done in 2017. I haven't seen it yet, so I'm definitely gonna. Oh
1: yeah, no, I'll I'll have to, but I gotta watch the ending of the first one first.
0: Yeah, and then I'll probably watch what you think of it.
1: (laughs) Oh God, okay, I just have a feeling (laughs) it's gonna be like twisted. Okay, let's not, because you're gonna give something away. I don't want to know. So yeah. Mikey J tell people where they can listen to K G U P presents and a uh, little bit about, you know, Instagram, stuff like that.
0: Uh, you can find me on YouTube for now until I get booted off of there. It's it, just look up K G U P presents. Um, I think the, the URL is K G U P FM emerge radio. Cause it, it started out as a radio station. It's I mean the, the radio station is still live. I mean you can listen to it now. It's kgup1065.com. The 1065.com. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm a terrible like social media poster, but it's kgupfm also Twitter kgupfm. Yeah. And and if you're on Rockfin, I'm also on there. I I won't none of my stuff will get banned as long as I don't talk about the Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. No, that's awesome. And I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And yeah. um I, I hope we've convinced some people to look into the flat earth. So that's good. Um and yeah, well, thank you so much, Mikey. And um
0: Yeah, no one's invited me to come on just to talk about flat earth. This is the most flat earth I've ever spoken. And it kind of like tested my own knowledge about what I know. Cause- yeah. Because I still feel like I'm still learning, that I'm still don't know all the answers. Because there's so much to investigate. I mean, there's so many things that 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 I didn't even touch on. But if you're interested, I mean, you should definitely research and look at my videos. I mean, I have some amazing guests that know way more than I do. So, yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, and so that you have a couple episodes on uh, Apple as well. People can go if they don't want to do YouTube or whatever. They can just go on yeah. like Apple. Are you on Spotify?
0: I'm on, I think I'm up to 20 different podcast platforms. Um, okay, good. So they the, can
1: just search you out and like yeah, listen to in podcasts. The bulk style. of my
0: audience are all podcast listeners. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So thank you again for coming on. And to my listeners, we will see you on the next one.
0: <laughs> the earth is flat. Bro, you need to check your facts. Got high up to the roof And I landed on the moon The moon flat too In reality Everything is just in 2D Like a video game from 1983 Besides going up and down the street But y'all asleep Call me B-O-B cause I don't see the curve
1: Messing up my vibe Yeah you got a lot of nerve Read a book, nah, I don't wanna learn. Read a book, nah, I don't wanna learn. Uh-uh. They say that we are cake. Huh? From me and my homies, we don't say it, we just spray it. I'ma leave it. Now my
0: step. Do you research, how much I gotta say it? The earth is flat. Bro, you need to check your facts. I got high up through the roof. And I laugh. Moon flat blue. In reality. reality, everything is just in 2D. Like a video came from 1983. Besides, going up and down the street. But y'all sleep. Y'all sleep. Y'all sleep.